Ladies and gentlemen, welcome back to the third episode of the Gambling Couch Podcast. I'm usually your co-host, Connor Butts, but today I'm just the host, Connor Butts. I'm on my own for today. We got Jordan coming on later uh, to give to give some insight on future NFL team win totals, that, some that we like, some we don't like. Um, just a warning, they're a little grimy, they're a little dirty, not as flashy, but you know, there's some there's some good bets, some good solid bets that'll that'll help you make some coin at the end of the NFL years when you need the most. We all know. We all know NFL can be rough for a lot of us, uh, specifically me, to be honest. But that's going to change this year as a result of the, of the podcast. Um, so what we're going to be going over on the podcast today, we're going to be discussing how Jordan and I did on our last podcast, how our bets did. We're going to be going over game three of the Celtics and Heat, spreads, totals, um, props we like, props I, sorry, props I like, props I don't like. And then finally, I got a special surprise for you guys at the end. We're going to go over the Preakness Stakes. We're going to give our picks for the Preakness Stakes, which is a horse race uh, following the Kentucky Derby. It's just relative to the season. So we're going to give our picks, did some research there. We've got some horses that we like. So starting with game three of the Celtics Heat, we got Celtics minus six and a half in Boston, over under at 207 and a half. The Celtics line, I think, is very accurate. I think six and a half is the right line. The Celtics line opened at five and a half on Thursday night, and by Friday morning was already up to six and a half. Um, I think if you saw it at five and a half and you jumped on it, God bless you. But, you know, six and a half is a number that it's it's a lot of points, right? You know, giving any team six, especially or six and a half, giving them seven pretty much, especially the Heat. You know, they, they're just a dog. They're a dog team. They fucking fight. Um, they also have Jimmy Butler. That guy's pretty fucking good. He's been really clutch uh, and really been scoring the ball at will when he wants to. It's really weird. He can just flip on a switch mentally and score 20 straight for the Heat. Uh, the Heat are going to need more role players to step up if they're going to want a chance in their series. They went off on this on Lubcast episode 12, which you can also listen to after you finish listening to this podcast, of course. Um, but no, I mean, the Celtics are a great team. They're They've been shooting the shit out of the ball for the past two series, even the first series, even against the Nets. We shot the fucking ball well. Um, they're just a team that it's really hard to bet against right now because of how well they're playing, but the heat are the number one team in the East for a reason. And I think Spolstra is going to make a lot of defensive um, defensive adjustments to, to counter the Celtics three point shooting, maybe not double Tatum as much, uh, you know, maybe just stick to shooters in the corners, let Tatum go ISO. And if he beats you, God bless him. Um, so I don't, I don't know what Spolstra is going to do, but I'm confident that he's a really good coach that he will make adjustments with that being said, I'm probably not going to pick a side in this game. It's really, it's really tough because you can easily see the Heat keeping this within six and a half if they have anything of uh, any, any kind of a full good game. And then on the other hand, you could just see the Celtics lighting up the Heat again. Um, and if you know if they don't have a blundered third quarter, Celtics are up 2-0 in Boston. The spread's probably seven and a half um, in favor of the Celtics. So I'm probably not going to pick a side, but I'm probably going to wake up tomorrow. Uh, get closer to game time, watch the Preakness stakes, maybe make some money there, which uh, we got bets coming off that later. Roll those winnings into, into the Celtics probably. If I had to lean, my lean is Boston Celtics at home. They're just playing really fucking good basketball right now. And it's like I said, it's a, they're a really hard team to bet against when they're playing this well and shooting the ball this well. Um, moving on to the total, we have a total of 207.5. Opened at 208.5 on Thursday night and by Friday morning was down to 207.5. Um, which means that probably some sharp money came in Thursday night uh, into Friday, early, early morning on the under, which made Vegas immediately bump it down a point. So, you know, 
it's interesting because I said this last podcast, when is Vegas going to learn to bump the bump the fucking totals up? I said this on the Lubcast. When is Vegas going to learn to move the totals up in this series? The, the, no one can stop the Celtics right now. Um, they're shooting the ball better than any team. They're scoring better than any team. They're, you know, maybe besides the Warriors, they're fucking playing phenomenal. The, the Celtics have just been moving the ball really well and getting really quality shots, um, getting open looks from three. We get lobs to Rob Will. We have dump offs. We have offensive rebounds. We get two guys crashing. We're just, we're playing the offense we played that we've been playing with has just been so fluid and fun to watch that this total is really low. And especially the heat. I mean, if Bam ever decides to have a game and the role players have each a game, like, you know, Jimmy's good for his 40, so they can easily put up points too. So, and the Celtics really haven't proven that they can stop him. The Heat have just missed a lot of shots. Like last game, he missed a lot of fucking shots uh, that if, you know, a few had gone in, it might have been a different outcome or maybe just a different game in general. So, you know, with that being said, I think it's too low. I think I think it's going to go over. I think this game goes over. Um, the first two smashed, and it wasn't even close. So, I, you know, I'm thinking when is Vegas going to adjust the line, and, and they haven't. So, you know, is it probably dumb to bet against that three in a row with that strategy? Probably, but you know, it, it worked last game and I can see it working again. It's just both teams are too good offensively right now. I don't, I don't see them being stopped. So that is going to be an official play of mine uh, for the slate tomorrow is going to be two Oh seven and a half. We're going to go over, we're going to go over, over, over with a lean on the Celtics. Check the action. Um, the Gambling Couch 33 on action. It's a great app to track all your bets. I track all of mine. Every statistic of mine is up there since the beginning of this podcast. So make sure to go follow because I'm probably probably going to throw money on the Celtics after winning on the Preakness Stakes. I'm just so confident in that. When we come back, I'm going to go over some player props for you guys. Also, a uh, not a player prop, but a game prop that I love as well. So with that being said, uh, we'll be right back. Welcome back, guys. I'm here to deliver a player prop and a game prop that are absolutely going to smack tomorrow, uh, which would bring my total to three plays in that game. And if you want to if you forget them by the time you watch this or listen to this podcast and by the time the game comes around, you can always check my action. Those bets will be up there so that you know what's uh, what to take in order to tell me or if you want to fade me what you know to take in order to fade me. Um, but with that being said, the player prop tomorrow Jason Tatum over 27 and a half points. I can't say this enough times. He is a walking 30 ball. If that game stays close against the Celtics, he fucking score or against the Heat, sorry, in game two, he scores two points. Like all he needed was two points to cash his uh, you know, his his over last game. I don't see why he doesn't do it again this game. He um, I think the I think Vegas is expecting a low scoring game with the total being only at 207 and a half. I just I think moving Tatum's player or you know point total down one i think it's dumb i think it's actually pretty free to take his over because i he's like i said he's a walking 30 ball i've argued on the love cast since the love cast has started uh, all the way through episode 12 so it's he's a walking 30 ball he's gonna get there no question in my mind about that one the game prop i have for you guys is celtics first half minus three or three and a half i've seen it um, I've seen it both numbers on different books. I really like it at three. I, I also like it at three and a half, but three is just a lot more inviting to me. Um, I think the Celtics get off to another hot start. I think they come out firing at home. Their garden in a conference semifinals. We haven't seen that since uh, 2018, 2018, 2019, I believe. 2018, probably. 
So, um, yeah, no, I, they're ready. The fans are ready. The Celtics are ready. We, we just steamrolled the heat. I think we're going to come out hot to shoot the lights out again. I don't think we're going to miss. I, I, you know, we've been shooting fucking lights out for the whole playoffs. I think we continue that. I just think we come out hot. The Boston Garden's going to be rocking. No question in my mind, the Celtics can jump out to a four-point lead at half or even five. I'd probably see it at between five and ten at the end of the first half based on how we've, you know, started games previously against the Heat in this series. So Celtics first half minus three, and then Jason Tatum over 27 and a half points are the two props for you guys to tail or fade tomorrow, but you better fucking tail because those are, those are absolute locks. So we'll be right back. Welcome back guys. We are joined here by Jordan Dyer, uh, co-host of the love cast. Who's who's main appearance on the show. Many times we'll continue to make appearances to talk a little NFL team win futures. Um, we got a busy NFL year. We had a really busy off season. Uh, so, you know, some of these totals, some of these totals are tough. So we're here to break it down, make it easy for you guys. Jordan, why don't you start with one of your uh, one of your futures that you like? Yeah, I'll start. Um, my first one, and uh, not my favorite one, but the one I do really like this, is Jaguars under six and a half at minus 140. Um, I know they won three games last year, and I know their head, co- head coach was Urban Meyer, which is obviously a big reason why they only won three games. Um, Doug Peterson is obviously a big upgrade. I just don't think he makes them four wins better. And Trevor Lawrence is still young, has a lot of development to go through. And there's also a ton of new faces on the team. And I just think it's going to be an adjustment period for everyone. I see them at five or six wins. I think six and a half is too high and winning, you know, a a jump of four games, I just think is too much. So Jaguars under six and a half. Yeah, it's no secret that they've been in the dumps for a, a really long time. Um, but yeah, no, six six is a lot of wins for that team. I think I think they're really banking on Trevor Lawrence having a breakout year, a standout year, because we all know he's one of the best talents, uh, best young QB talents. Um, always, you know, a lot of quarterbacks talk about this. It's the system they're in that kills them when they're when you know when they're still young. So um, I definitely think that the Jaguars don't pick up seven wins. You see the Jaguars and you see seven wins. It just it, you know seems completely fake and in fantasy right. so no it doesn't sound right it doesn't feel right um so i definitely like that under six my first play um and this one this one's interesting so i got the las vegas raiders going over eight and a half wins at minus 135 that division is fucking stacked uh across the board so i i, I it's gonna be a dog uh you know it's gonna be a dog fight for the whole year for the Raiders uh, if we're going to want to survive, but I think they're up for it. They have a really fucking tough team. Uh, Derek Carr, I think, is a great quarterback. I think adding Devontae Adams is going to make Derek Carr stand out even more. Uh, Renfro, too. I mean, the, yeah, they, you know, that's one of the best receiving duos in the league. Uh, Renfro was outstanding last year, and Devontae Adams is obviously Devontae Adams. I think Derek Carr will get to prove that he is not only just like a tough guy, but you know, a good quarterback as well. Um, I think they pick up nine wins this season. Uh, I think I see them splitting with a lot of teams in their division. I don't think they get swept by anybody in their division. And I think they take care of business uh, of the rest of the schedule. Yeah. I think, like you said, they have weapons everywhere you look. I could easily see them being the number one offense in the NFL. Uh, obviously, Renfro and Devontae, Josh Jacobs is really good. Yeah, and you didn't even mention Jacobs. Didn't even mention Darren Waller, who's. Oh, my God. Jesus Super Christ! Hard. I did my research. Jesus, yeah, Christ. I mean, Jesus Christ! 
they just have weapons at every position on offense. Uh, I didn't look into their defense too much, but eight and a half, yeah, I could definitely see that. If you have the number one offense in the league, um, yeah, anything's possible. So uh, my next one is a bit of a gross play. It's the Houston Texans over four and a half at minus one. Really, I really like that one. I really like that one. Good. I, I like it too. It's just gross because because they're the Texans and yeah. But uh Davis Mills, they're sticking with him. He showed some flashes last year. He had some games um and a lot of moments where you say, Wow, like who is this guy? Maybe he's a player. Uh I like that they're giving him a chance. They had a decent draft and they won four games last year. Uh I think, you know with Mills getting better, having a decent draft. They also have an extra home game because they're in the AFC. I think they get at least one extra win. They're also not in a particularly strong division. They have Titans, Colts, and Jags. Um, Titans lost A.J. Brown, the Jags, and the Jags. I just – I don't know. I, I see them getting to five pretty easily. Yeah, I, I really like that pick. I was looking at that too, and I was I was debating whether, putting it, whether or not putting it online. I think I did just because of how disgusting it looked. Uh, getting plus money on four and a half. But, I mean, you, you, we watched the Texans all year. How many fucking games were they so close in? I mean, they, yeah. they lost on final drives numerous times. Uh, you know, they obviously had their games where they got smacked because they aren't a phenomenal team or even yeah. a great team. But they scrap hard. They scrap really, really hard. Um, and they've grinded out a lot of games and have come up short a lot. I could easily see them hitting four. I could even see them getting possibly to six. Yeah, it's, I mean, wins. they only need they only need one one more win than last year. That that was my right. big thing. Like, yeah, how many times was it a field goal or a bullshit yeah. touchdown? Like, you know, it, it's been it's been um, it's been a tough run for the Texans, but I think they're on the up here. I really think they can get one more win than they did last year, uh, as Davis Mills has only grown. Um, my second and final play is going to be the Saints under eight and a half minus one forty five. Um, you pay a little bit of juice, but you also pay for the saints not having a fucking team really they're obviously very well coached and have a very very good defense it's just how are they going to score points right uh we saw at the end of the season you know when they really didn't have any quarterback it wasn't their defense that was an issue their defense held teams to you know seven ten three uh it's just the fact that they can't score points so you know with james coming back we'll see how he is camara is obviously camara but you know it's just I really don't see how the Saints score points. I could see them really having realistically six or seven wins. Yeah, Jameis is like just a super volatile player. So he's going to have huge games and he's going to have bad games too. Uh, there's just a lot of question marks with that whole offense. Um, so, yeah, I don't mind that play at all. Uh, my last play and probably my favorite play is the Steelers over seven and a half. And this is just a complete – belief in Mike Tomlin the guy has never had a losing season throughout 15 years in the NFL uh eight wins it's just it's not enough I know they lost Big Ben but I mean that's a good thing in my opinion I'm not you know super high on Pickett or Trubisky but if the Steelers can get to nine wins with that version of Big Ben that we saw last year I don't see why they can't do it with either one of Pickett or Trubisky and they still have a lot of uh, skill players on the offensive side and that defense is that defense is something else so I think seven and a half is too low I'm taking the over there all day yeah Tomlin is definitely um, a hall of fame coach he's uh, been around the league for so long he knows how to win with not great teams 
Um, you know, he obviously has had insane weapons in the past, but, you know, in a division with the Browns, you know, Browns, Ravens, and uh, Bengals, I think that's probably why the win total is at what it's at. Yeah. Um, you obviously believe in Tomlin, but you also have to believe that they can scrap out games against, you know, obviously you got to take care of the Browns twice. You got to beat the Ravens once and maybe steal one against the Bengals, which obviously those division games are always tough. Um, it's like that for teams across the, the league. Those division games are always tough. So it's going to be a scrap for them to get to seven. I probably see them ending up at eight, but I, I can easily see them getting there. All right. And that covers our NFL future bets. We're going to come back in a little bit and talk about some horse racing. Um, we're going to talk about some horse racing to wrap up the podcast. So uh, yeah, stay tuned. What's going on, everybody. Welcome back. Thank you for tuning in as always for this final section. It's just going to be me uh, going over a certain type of sport that doesn't happen year round, very specific and relative to this season. We're going to go over some horse racing. We got the Preakness stakes tomorrow, uh, which for those of you that don't know, is obviously a horse race. Uh, like I just said, it's basically second fiddle. It's the second race after the Kentucky Derby. Um, obviously a big race. And just like the Kentucky Derby, people love to bet on it. So with that being said, I would like to roll out some bets for you guys, some analysis. I've done a bunch of research. This is the segment, a special request by Joe Flaherty and Benjamin Flaherty. So if you guys are listening, uh, this is for you guys. So please tell me and don't kill me if my picks are wrong. However, um, you know, we, we're looking at the odds and the horses in this race. Epicenter opens uh, as the favorite at plus 145. Um, you know, the favorite historically does very well, you know, in the last 10 years or so, winning last six or seven or five, five, six, seven. So the the horses that come in as the favorites usually uh, have a very strong performance and oftentimes win. So I feel like placing a wager on Epicenter at plus 145 and the fact that you're getting the favorite at plus money is great because previous winners of the, of the Preakness Stakes have been uh, minus money favorites. So heavy, heavy, heavy favorites. So the fact you're getting a favorite of plus 145, um, I think is a great bet. But I'm definitely going to sprinkle because there's some big underdogs. Um, we're going to go with early voting at plus 500 and then simplification at plus 850. Um, I really like these horses. Their jockeys are, are phenomenal, have great track records. Um, and yeah, I really think both of those horses can, can make a run at it. And obviously I believe the epicenter is going to win. But I do think that both horses, simplification and early voting, can make a great run at it. So if Epicenter doesn't win, you get great value betting, simplification at plus 850 and early voting at plus 500. So sprinkle on those two horses accordingly, but definitely riding with Epicenter tomorrow to win the Preakness Stakes. Thank you guys so much for listening to today's podcast. We got into some really good stuff with the Heat Celtics game three, spread, totals, props, all that good stuff as usual. Then we got into some NFL. We got into some NFL team win futures which we believe are going to smack come come the season barring any crazy uh trade so i would wait to lock those in until it gets a lot closer to the season so make sure that your lineups and um the rosters are who you think they're going to be and then we got into some horses we got into some horses it's a very popular thing to bet on probably more popular uh for older people uh than younger people but you know i'm going to try to get my generation into horse betting because it's definitely something uh that's very interesting, very fun. There's money to be made. So, um, yeah, no, thank you guys for listening, and uh, have a great day.